Today, Pastor Ray Bentley points out how prayer can help sustain us in challenging times. Here is what Jesus is saying to our generation, to the church alive at this particular time. Men and women must learn always to pray and don't give up. Or another way of saying it is, Jesus is saying to you tonight, don't lose heart. Spread the news of his people coming down before the king. Lift your voice, Jesus is coming, join the song, sing along, let it ring. Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. When we hear the word prayer, we might think of reverence, holy, articulate words spoken in hushed tones. Today, we'll see prayer is about connecting with God, about accessing His provision to storm the gates of our enemy. Prayer is powerful. Let's learn how to pray relentlessly. Let me read uh, Luke 18. Beginning with verse one, Jesus said then, it says, then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Saying there was a certain, in a certain city, a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city and she came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, will I avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said. And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, Will he really find faith on the earth? Now let me, I want to explain the context of when Jesus gave this parable, what's been going on. He is headed now to Jerusalem. And um, he is on his way to celebrate Passover. Passover is the beginning, the first of what are called the seven feasts of the Lord. The word feast in Hebrew means appointment. You could say that the feasts of the Lord are divine appointments. Leviticus chapter 23 is God's calendar. And in God's calendar, he outlines and gives the days of these seven feasts. All seven of the feasts that are listed were something that Israel had already been celebrating for over a thousand years, 1,500 years. But they were pictures. In, in fact, the Lord said, I want you on those seven feasts, those divine appointments where I will be doing eternal business. In other words, that heavenly calendar laid out of the seven feasts, God's calendar, are where heaven intersects with planet Earth in those days and in those times. And the beginning of them is Passover. This is where Christ is on his way to Jerusalem to be our Passover, to be nailed to the cross, to be crucified, and to fulfill Passover. It began in Exodus with the lamb, uh, spotless, without blemish, with no bones broken, 
that was as pure and perfect as a human animal could be. That was the picture, the symbol, the type for Jesus, who was to be our Passover lamb. Leviticus chapter 23, verse 2 says, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, These are my appointed feasts, the appointed feasts of the Lord, which you are to proclaim as sacred assemblies. And that word there, sacred assemblies or holy convocation in Hebrew means their dress rehearsals for the real thing. Passover was a dress rehearsal for the cross where Jesus died upon the cross for our sins. Matthew 26, verse 18, that's in your notes. Let's read that scripture out loud together, shall we? Go into the city to a certain man and tell him, the teacher says, my appointed time is near. I am going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the biblical feast, as we mentioned there in Leviticus 23, the Lord's designated times for doing business and this is now the third year of Jesus' ministry. Uh, this is then the third time that he will be coming to Jerusalem. And this year, especially this Passover, there is a heightened sense of expectation. Our God is a great, not only story writer, but he is a great story teller and a great story liver. It, he is the great, greatest story. It's the greatest story ever told. Well, here is this heightened expectation that is coming. It is his last ascent because Jerusalem is on top of a mountain. It is a divine time. It is a divine appointment. Now, Luke, the Gospel of Luke, has actually been building to this final Passover, this final ascent up to the Mount Moriah in Jerusalem, this divine appointment of Passover for 10 chapters. Back in Luke chapter 9, verse 51, we read, as the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. Now, the question becomes, what will happen when he gets to the Jerusalem, the appointed place? The disciples and all of his followers are aware that something big is going to happen. Luke chapter 19, verse 11, it says, Now as they heard these things, he spoke another parable, because he was near Jerusalem, and because they thought the kingdom of God would appear immediately. And finally, as Jesus approached the city of Jerusalem, he declared, my appointed time is near. He's speaking of Passover. He's talking about the cross. The appointed time of Passover will become the appointed time of the Messiah. And so now the context of all of this, uh, this the parable of persistent prayer, Luke chapter 17, as I mentioned, Jesus has been talking about the kingdom of God and the end of days and, and what will be happening during those times. And so in the midst of preparing them about the coming of the kingdom, Jesus tells, he inserts this parable and he tells this story about prayer. And here's what he says. And here's what I believe Jesus is saying to you and to me. Um, and how many, by the way, are aware that... Um, we, we live in troubled times. How many have noticed we live in troubled times? What are we to do? What is the Lord saying to the body of Christ? Because there are the kingdoms of this world, but inside of that is another kingdom. It is God's kingdom, that he has already planted the seed and that is growing and that will last forever and ever and ever. But how would he encourage his sons and daughters? Uh, how would he encourage those disciples who are now 2,000 years later still following and listening to Jesus? 
Here is what Jesus is saying to our generation, to the church alive at this particular time. Men, plurally, and women must learn always to pray. And do not faint. And what we'll find out that that means is don't give up. Or another way of saying it is, Jesus is saying to you tonight, don't lose heart. Now this is very important because I want to say this to all of you. All of us, including myself, are going to be tested and are going to be challenged within our lives. We're going to be tempted to quit. We're going to be tempted to say, I can't do it anymore. We're going to be hit sometimes blindside. We're going to get discouraged. We're going to lose heart. We're going to want to throw in the towel. We're going to want to say, I have had it. I can't take one more day, one more conflict, one more trial, one more opposition. If somebody says just one more word to me, that's it. And you're going to want to say, I'm done and quit and walk away. This is a word then to all of us. This is not a word to the weak Christians. This is the ones who think they stand, who think they are strong, who think that they are tough. The truth of the matter is there's only one human being who made it perfectly, and that was Jesus. There's nobody else. God did not pick uh, any human being other than Jesus that he might work through because they're so holy and good and righteous and powerful or even special for that matter. All whom God uses, it is by his amazing grace. Have you found that to be true? It is just God's amazing grace. And God uses broken, weak, sinful human beings to do wonderful and great things so that he might receive all the praise and the glory in heaven. But there is something that we can learn. And what we can learn is that we can learn to pray. And when we pray, we are now in a way, getting into the jet stream, into the flow of his, uh, of heaven. Literally, you can, through prayer, breathe the very pure air, life-giving air of heaven itself. It is life-giving, it is invigorating, it is empowering, it is strengthening, it will keep you from fainting because you will feel not your own strength, but you'll feel the strength of the Lord. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. Pastor Ray's messages continue to reach so many people every day. Every time I hear Pastor Ray teach God's word on the radio, his love for the Lord is very much evident. He's always excited and he succeeded in passing that excitement to me, which often prompted me to go back to the Lord in prayer, to read God's word and to allow the Holy Spirit to lead my life. I'm so thankful for Pastor Ray's life. Messages like that continue to be such a great encouragement to all of us at Maranatha Radio. If you'd like to send a message, just send it to ray at raybentley.com or post a comment online at raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. So Luke places this parable in the context of Jesus' teaching on the dark and troubled last days. 
He says in verse 1, Then he spoke a parable to them that men ought always to pray and not lose heart, saying, There was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him, saying, Get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, Though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Now I want you to imagine this setting. Don't think of in the courtroom, don't think of a beautiful building uh, somewhere. This is a tent. Uh, Think in Middle Eastern terms. They would set up the tent and move it around from village to village. (laughs) And being a judge in those days was a pretty good job. And this particular judge did not fear God, nor did he regard men. What does that mean? It means he was a humanist uh, and he was selfish. It means that he let people buy his judgments. He was waiting for bribes. So you're going before a judge who doesn't really believe in God's word. He doesn't really fear God. He doesn't follow the commandments. He he makes up his own standard of right and wrong. Uh, The scale is tipped toward those who give him money and bribe him. And now here you are. You're a woman 2,000 years ago who is a widow, so you don't have a husband, you have no money with which to bribe, you have no way to get in even to see him, she has absolutely nothing to be able to offer, and yet she gets what she wants. And Jesus uses this story as an illustration of the power of persistent prayer. If prayer can bring you in to get what you want, justice before an earthly judge, how much more will God's children be able to go and grab his attention who loves us and wants to bless us. And so that's where the, the beginning of this story comes. Women in those days had great difficulty uh, getting justice many times. They had many things that were strikes against them. Here's a man who is cold and who is hard. You might say the deck is stacked against her. And yet in the midst of this circumstance, she uses a weapon, if I might use the term, that is more powerful than a cynical, hard-hearted, selfish, cold, egoistic judge and breaks through all those barriers. And what is it? In a word, she was persistent. She would not let go. She would not quit. She would not close her mouth. She was going to make a scene. She is probably outside the tent. I need to get in. And here is some guy saying, hey, I'll be your lawyer. Give me some money. I don't have any money. All right, well, then you're not going to get in. He goes around looking for somebody else. Now, you're in a tent, right? So the judge is in there and some lady's out there making a fuss. And as she raises her voice and goes around, who will advocate for me? Who will give me justice? I demand justice. I want somebody to hear my case. That man in there is no good. And so she's yelling and she is screaming and he can't do business. He can't make money because she's out there creating such a fuss. What is that lady's problem? Well, I'm sorry, but she just won't let go. She has no money. She can't get a lawyer. She can't even get in here. And and he says, I'm not going to be able to get anything done. That's how I make my money. Bring her in here. I'll settle this case and get over with it. That was her power. Her power was making basically a nuisance of herself and making a scene and being persistent about it and not letting it go. Now, We're going to see how that in many ways this parable is a contrast for you and I. 
it's not an exact situation. It doesn't mean that we're all like poor widows. The, the reality is that we're not. We're God's very own children. But persistent praying fuels divine strength. And I wonder tonight if I do not speak to someone who is listening to this message or who will listen to this message, who is, you have no advocate. You have no family maybe right now. Maybe it's husband or wife or brothers, sisters or whatever. You may be far away from home. You can't even get in to the, the realm of justice to have your case heard. You have nobody that will take up your cause. And even those, you, you have been in such bitter circumstances that after a while, even those who were your friends say, I can't bear listening to you anymore. And they've all walked away. And you are losing heart. You are losing your faith. What are you to do? You are to go before the Lord, call upon the name of the Lord, seek the Lord, pray. Just double down, as they say. Bear down hard upon the name of the Lord. Those who seek the Lord with all of their heart will be found. He will be found. He wants to reveal himself, but he wants for people that are serious about him. How many of you, your testimony is that you really were sparked to get serious with God because of some crisis in your life? Or was it that, man, everything was going so perfectly, I decided to seek God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength? Generally not. That's after you've been seeking the Lord with all your heart and he's been blessing your socks off and you say, I want to stay here. But what brings you to the Lord is usually trial, it's usually trouble, it's usually some horrible thing that has happened. You know, it's interesting, the last uh, verse, I think, of chapter 17, Jesus says, and they answered and they said to him, where, Lord? So he said to them, wherever the body is, there the eagles will be gathered together. What's he talking about there? He's talking about a generation that becomes rotten like a dead corpse. Now, I want to speak spiritually, metaphorically about the world in which we live. We are living in a, in a violent world, in a selfish world. We are living in a world that literally right now is stomping on and walking over God's laws and God's commands. It literally, it would be as taking a Bible and walking on it underneath their feet. And to whatever degree that they can twist it or turn it to their own ends, uh, they're despising God. There's hunger, there is famine, there is violence, there are sexual predators, there is uh, lawlessness, there is nation against nation and kingdom against kingdom. It's bad. And it reaches a point where it is corrupting, it pollutes. You know what, what is amazing to me as a believer is that the world can get so worked up about the pollution of our air and, and water, which is true. But how much more is that merely a symptom of the pollution of the minds and the pollution of the hearts and the pollutions of the way we treat one another? That's far worse. Jesus is surely interested in cleansing the earth, but he says, first you must clean the inside of the cup before you can clean the outside. The world who does not yet know that is willing to do amazing things to try and clean up the outside of the cup without really doing anything to clean the inside of the cup. That's what the gospel is. So when this 
pollution that is in the environment comes around us, this will invariably affect our spiritual lives. But when we pray, then we're breathing the air of heaven. It is pure air. It's the very atmosphere of heaven. It strengthens us. The life of Jesus Christ himself comes to us. Oh, the glory of prayer. What does it mean always to pray? First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18 says, rejoice. Here, it's in your notes. Let's read it out loud together, shall we? Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Make prayer as natural as breathing. Pray about anything. Pray about everything. There is nothing too small that you, you can't pray for it and nothing too big that you can't pray for it. Let prayer be the constant desire of your heart so that his blessing would come upon your life. Here is this widow and in contrast to our heavenly father. This whole situation explains to us how that we are in a different situation. Number one, the woman was a stranger, but we are his children. Number two, the widow had no access to the judge. We have open access to his holiest presence and may, we may come to him at any time and for any need. Hebrews chapter four, verses 14 through 16. Thirdly, the woman had no advocate. She had no lawyer. She could only make herself a nuisance. We have Jesus as our advocate and as our high priest. <laughs> I love that. Advocate means lawyer. How cool is that? I mean, you know, when you think about lawsuits and everything else, who is your lawyer? My lawyer is the son of God. And the judge is his dad. How many of you would feel confident going into before court if your lawyer is the Messiah who loves you so much he died and paid for all your sins and the judge in the case was his dad? That's exactly where we find ourselves. It couldn't be better. First John chapter two, verse one, my little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Fourthly, the woman came to a court of law, but we come to a throne of grace. Hebrews chapter four, verses 14 through 16, beautiful verses, let's read them out loud, shall we? Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And Philippians 4.20, let's read, I love this one. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. We are not like the widow. We are the sons and daughters of God. Our advocate is Jesus Christ. And God is really not like Obviously this judge who did not fear God and did not regard man, our God, our judge is our heavenly father and he loves us and he cares for us. The judge answered the widow because she was wearing him out. Our father answers us because it brings him glory. Pastor Ray Bentley with good insights on the power of prayer today, effective, persistent prayer. Glad you've joined us for Maranatha Radio. Now, today's study is titled, The Power of Prayer. If you missed any part, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. There at the homepage, there's a place to leave a written tribute to Pastor Ray's life and ministry. And by clicking Media, you'll see the words Watch, Radio, and Devo. 
three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can arrange to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions each day automatically at no charge, and also link to his YouTube and Facebook pages. Why not bookmark it? RayBentley.com. And then after 30 years on the radio and the passing of Pastor Ray Bentley in early 2022, we're approaching the end of the Maranatha radio program. We'd like to thank you, our dedicated listeners, who've joined us through the years as we've journeyed with Pastor Ray through the Bible. We'll be continuing the broadcast through the remainder of 2023, but we're excited to share that we'll have a dedicated online location to access all of Pastor Ray's content, including video, audio sermons, books, and more. Please visit raybentley.com to follow along with us. But we hope you'll stay with us here on the radio through the end of the year. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in the book of Luke. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.